This is the Defenders Podcast on TV Podcast Industries. This time we're talking about She-Hulk, Attorney at Law, Episode 5, Mean Green and Straight Poured Into These Jeans. Strength is beauty. Beauty is strength. What makes you beautiful? She-Hulk by Titania. Be strong. Be beautiful. Own who you are. She-Hulk by Titania. Welcome back, fellow defenders, to TV Podcast Industries. We're talking about She-Hulk, Attorney at Law, Episode 5, Mean Green, and Straight Poured Into These Jeans. I'm Derek, one of your hosts for TV Podcast Industries. Hello there, fellow defenders. Yes, welcome to the Defenders Podcast. I am your other host, John. Yes, we're back from our holidays. Uh, took a little break. Uh, have a little bit of a backup on our podcast at the moment. <laughs> so we will be talking about uh, two episodes of She-Hulk Attorney at Law this week. Uh, on this episode, we're talking about episode five, and we'll be talking about episode six on a separate episode, which we'll be recording really soon. So if it's not your feed yet, uh, make sure you download that too. Yes, uh, but it was a great relaxing holiday, mm -hmm. which is a good thing because we are back in the saddle of the Defenders podcast looking at She-Hulk Attorney at Law. We've also got the Rings of Power that mm -hmm. we're looking at, as well as the final few episodes of The Sandman. That's right. Uh, so, yes, we've got a, a few things to catch up on. Yep. But if you are joining us, um, it's great to have you with us. Uh, we are over on our website at tvpodcastindustries.com, where you can subscribe to the podcast on any good or evil podcast catcher of your choice. Absolutely. And thanks to all of you who've been sending your feedback for these episodes, uh, the ones that sent them by email to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com. And those of you who have joined us over on our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash tvpodcastindustries, uh, sending your thoughts in there on the spoiler posts that we put up every week. Yes, uh, great stuff. But let us get into our spoiler-filled discussion of She-Hulk Attorney at Law, Episode 5, Mean Green and Straight Poured Into These Jeans. Sounds good. Very 80s as well. <laughs> it does, it does. Derek, <laughs> what are some of the episode details? Well, executive producers for the show are Kevin Feige, Louis Desposito, Victoria Alonso, Brad Winderbaum, Jessica Gale, and... Cat Quiro. The head writer for the show is Jessica Gao. This episode was directed by Anu Valia. Uh, has directed lots and lots of TV, including an episode of Love, Victor, John. Oh, excellent stuff. Yeah, yeah, yes. Fun show. Yeah, good stuff. And this episode was written by Dana Schwartz. Uh, this is her first episode of She-Hulk. Good luck, Dana. Absolutely. Yes, uh, good to have a, a newbie, so to speak. Exactly, exactly. John, do you want to tell us what they gave us with your synopsis for this episode of She-Hulk? Sure. Titania takes Jennifer Walters to court over the name She-Hulk. Defended by Mallory Book, Jen has to parade her embarrassing former dates in front of everyone to win the case and prove her ownership of the She-Hulk name. Meanwhile, Nikki and Pug find a talented fashion designer to superheroes who might finally be able to sort out Jen and She-Hulk's terrible wardrobe. Two major stories this time. Yes. Yeah. Swimming away. Yeah. Yes. Yes, but we will uh, talk about our top three case points for this episode. So order, order, let's get into our top three case points. Yes, case note number one. Titania finally reveals her plan. Mm. 
Yes, seems like uh, Titania pretty annoyed at She-Hulk stealing all of her limelight, uh, effectively. So uh, this is kind of coming on the heels of the first episode where Titania broke through the wall after uh, getting a, a, a parking ticket, was it, or a speeding ticket, uh, and then got punched in the face by uh, by She-Hulk, uh, stopping her rampage. And that was really the moment that She-Hulk was revealed to the world, and Titania kind of seems to feel like that has been stolen away from her. So uh, she has renamed her product line as the She-Hulk line of products and therefore thinks she has the right uh, to ownership of the She-Hulk name. Well, yeah, she's gotten the, the trademark. I mean, yeah. I, I actually really like this. Just, you know, it is a a law show mm-hmm. dressed up in a comedy yeah. um, or a comedy dressed up in a law show. Whichever uh, word, yeah. But I, I just love the, the kind of... The, you know the the snide remark from uh, her nephew Ched, um, who doesn't quite understand why Jen herself didn't trademark her name. Um, you know, as as he brings lots and lots of this She-Hulk product that Titania has has manufactured mm-hmm. dubiously. Uh, I hasten to add, of um, to be signed by Jen, so he can make a killing. And he's like, you know, it's his opportunity lost. But he's like. What don't you know about trademarks? Uh, you oh. know, you do realize it's kind of first come, first serve here, yeah. and and it it kind of it threads again, but on a much more serious note through her her boss at GLK and H, mm-hmm. who says, you know, we we can't appear to be a company that 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 can't handle this mess our own business you yeah, know and our own business yeah. you know again he's not particularly concerned that she didn't trademark she hulk yeah. but it's the fact that now it's coming to court and it's a big thing exactly. and they've got to get it uh handled so but i consider- like the yeah. fact that her you know a professional boss and then her nephew her cousin, chaired yeah. who she you know doesn't seem to be that close to she doesn't mind but is kind of like saying you know why didn't you kind of think of any of this? You are uh, a lawyer, but not necessarily, you know, a a a trademark or copyright lawyer. I yeah, guess. but I think this is the kind of thing that every lawyer would probably get. A cousin like Chad, who is in it for the books, basically telling them the law, despite never having gone to law school. I'm sure this this must ring true to everybody <laughs> who's ever <laughs> done any kind of law at all. Uh, everybody else seems to know it really well because they watch it on TV, therefore they know it. Uh, I also love that little gag with Chad where he, <laughs> he comes in through her door when she's finally home after hearing all of the announcements, seeing all the posters for She-Hulk. She's finally uh, sitting on her couch at home and Jed just bursts in through the door <laughs> and Jen says to him, you can come in here with not uninvited. And he goes, well, I think I just did, <laughs> didn't I? Yeah, um, yeah Chad's, Chad's great fun. Uh, and I love that's going all the way back to the first episode when Bruce was saying, you know, we're not the two most intelligent people in the family. We also have uh, cousin Chad. Uh, yes. And uh, we see Chad um, w- w- open to every opportunity, let's say. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's Chad. But here then, um, because of her boss, um, they look to counter-sue mm. against uh, Titania uh, with Mallory Book, who is... She's in the superhero division at uh, GLK and H, mm. but um, they don't really get along. Uh, and you get this... It's kind of the fusing a bit of the, the two storylines where Mallory is, you know... You're my client. I am your lawyer. That's the relationship. Mm-hmm. And you need to make sure that you dress accordingly. And this is where, um, 
it kind of links a bit into then what happens with Nikki and Pug, who mm-hmm. are going out looking for for Pug's latest footwear. Yeah, but um, I, I kind of I like that Mallory has been brought in because you know she's been there in the in the background, but yeah. not an awful lot has happened with her. And so this is her kind of you know in my mind her first real outing. So that yeah. was really good that they they use Mallory here to be Jen's representative in this counter suit where effectively they then look to show prior use of the name by by Jen and a pattern of that use to show that it just wasn't a one off. I agree, but I do think we should have seen Mallory a bit before now. Um this feels like something kind of comes out of nowhere that there's a big animosity between this character of Mallory and Jen. It's like as if she expected to lead up this side of the organization in GLH and K and there was some issue with Jen coming in and getting that role, but it's never been seen on screen in that way. It just seemed as if she was in the background and hasn't really come to the forefront. I kind of felt with the way that they were talking about her that there was this big unresolved issue that we haven't seen on screen. It was like as if she'd been blanking Jen since she'd been there or something. And I didn't feel like we got that in the last couple episodes or anything. No, I don't think we have. I don't think we have. I think it's just a fairly standoffish relationship. I think you can probably infer that it might have something to do with Jen being picked to head or She-Hulk being picked to head up you know, it's it's a figurehead effectively of the of this division mm-hmm. of, of uh, GLK and H. Yeah. Despite Jen being a good lawyer, it's you know you just I'm not going to say whether Mallory or Jen are the better lawyer because we just don't know that. Yeah. But ultimately, it I think that you can infer that Mallory is a little bit ticked off. She's probably worked in this high high end, very successful law firm for longer, certainly yep. than Jen and is in that same division but hasn't been asked to head it. She's now representing her. And so mm-hmm. there is a bit of frostiness here yeah. uh, or a bit of just pure distance. In the end, you know, I don't think it's that she holds a grudge. I think she is just kind of, I just keep my distance from yeah. it. You know, you got this for that reason. I don't particularly agree with it, but it is what it is and we move on. But don't try and be my friend. And you get that kind of element coming through from from Mallory you mm-hmm. know this doesn't mean we're friends even though it does thaw after the case yep. has been won by them and um you know I think that's the nice thing is that you then get to see that more human side of of Mallory just yeah. just very briefly very very quickly in the bar as they celebrate the win but mm-hmm. you know that's that's kind of good I think yeah yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Titania and what uh, what the She-Hulk line of products are. Um, it does seem a bit like she's rebranded scented water as loads of different uh, beauty products uh, and just call them She-Hulk to, to go off the name. But in the court case, we see that she feels like she's got it all tied up because there is that moment from earlier on in the season where all of the reporters are calling after She-Hulk and Jennifer's not willing to answer to the name, saying she will never answer to it. It's not her name. It's reductive. And this seems to be the whole basis of of Titania's case is that Jen rejected the name. Therefore, anybody in the public domain can copyright it. And the first person to do it has the opportunity to use it effectively. So so that all seems to be tied up. I kind of like that this ties back that way to those moments in previous episodes, which are kind of throwaway almost. Yeah, that was really, really good. Um, you know, it's just yeah, very simple. She got to the trademarking of the name first, um, and mm-hmm. and you hear 
you know, with with Jen speaking with Mallory, it said, well, Thor and Stephen Strange didn't need to trademark their <laughs> names. As Mallory points out, they are their actual names. Exactly. You, you know, so, two people that use their actual names. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I get... I guess that's, you know, that's the fun side of it. I wonder whether Captain America has, it's probably trademarked by the state. Actually, probably. With that probably. Yep. Um, and I'd say Stark had all his eyes crossed and uh, T's dotted. Uh, the other way around, isn't it? Uh, T's crossed and eyes dotted. Yeah. Yeah, I would say so. <laughs> um, yeah, and I, I liked how this came to court. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, again, another fun courtroom scene with the the back and forth between um Titania's lawyer and and Mallory mm-hmm. were that yet yeah, they show that piece of footage they counter with the other piece of footage which is kind of the the counter sue here mm-hmm. is that actually there was an acceptance by Jennifer of this name but it is just this single instance uh, but then Titania puts one of her products into uh into evidence uh-huh. uh, suggesting that maybe the, the judge could use this as well. You know, again, is a, a slight little bribe. I Absolutely. love how Mallory, you know, sneakily talks about the the questionable uh, safety uh, yeah. and regulatory non- provenance, uh, uh, yeah, of yeah. these products. Yeah, um, there's so, loads of little back and forth there. Yeah. It? It's it's like as if uh, Titania is using this as a as an opportunity, like she's on QVC trying to sell her products in front of whatever media coverage might possibly be there, and everybody in the courtroom trying to sell them all and her products so every time you hear her lawyer talk about them they're these amazing uh wonderfully selling group of products and every time you hear jen and her lawyer talk about them they're um non-fda approved or uh ridiculous products effectively so uh, that i think that's a lot of fun in there uh, we go on to the uh, the resolution to the case i guess is our case note number two the former dates uh, effectively jen realizes that the only way out of this is showing that she did create her own profile as She-Hulk yep. and went on multiple dates. So therefore, everybody that she went on a date with uh, could potentially be a way out of uh, of this case for her because it proves that she has a connection outside of just people calling her the name. She's actually taken it on board. So uh, we have the unexpected return of all of her former dates. Yeah, I mean, again, another nice little tie back to what, what's gone on before. Mm-hmm. Something you kind of thought a little bit throwaway, you know, just kind of fleshing out Jen, her insecurities around her uh, relationship status in yeah. a sense, finally succumbing to Nikki's advice to why don't you go on the dating app as She-Hulk? Mm-hmm. And so the the ex dates become the pattern that is evidence uh by Mallory that Jen had used the name, was mm-hmm. acceptance accepting of that name. I love, you know, again, it's green, mean, straight pulled in these jeans uh, <laughs> as a, kind of her tagline yep. to it. And um, looking for a boyfriend with a, you know, a strong bed and, and a, a strong back and a strong yeah. back. So yeah, really good fun. Um, just kidding. And, just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> but that was, I think that's what's really interesting. Like this was a, this was really, really hilarious. Getting the lineup of, uh, you know, the the dates back. Given, you know, we had that moment where they're all sat in in the in the bar in the restaurant, mm-hmm. kind of all coming back. But it was, uh, you know, these questionable dates are effectively 
the corroborating witnesses to yeah. this point and oh, what a, but what it's a also that must be there so yeah. but it was it was really tragedy comedy yeah. you know it was funny but it was tinged with, with this tragedy that you know jen had to do this mm-hmm. this was her only way out and in the end you know most of them were there saying certainly jen's final date the doctor who is like loved she hulk but Jen Walters isn't my type. No yeah. offense. And um, like having to be effectively that the person who she's been seeking to be and, and retain, even though she, she's kind of much more comfortable with the She Hulk side. Yeah. You know, like, well, she says, I'm still Jennifer Walters. I just exactly. have the She Hulk side. So, well, exactly. That's the point. They're both her. And, exactly. and if someone can't accept both of her, exactly. all of that's her, I mean, then that's the, the wrong tragedy person. Of it. Yeah. But, you know, it felt really tragic, actually. And yeah. I think, um, like, just the look of She-Hulk there, mm-hmm. you know, this really strong woman, but just the way then that Tatiana Maslany just, and how it was captured with the CGI, just showed that vulnerability. And, mm. um, you know, maybe even with a bit of embarrassment of having, like, this is the only way to prove that pattern yep. in court. Uh, I thought it was really, really good and felt really a bit poignant, actually. It did. And I guess what's so awful about it is, you know, we've talked about this many times before. Everybody's the hero in their own story is a great way of describing what's going on here as well, because at least three of these guys never made it past the table uh, sitting opposite She-Hulk. Yet every single one of them has convinced themselves as to why they didn't want to date She-Hulk again. Yeah. Um, I think you hear it from Mallory in the wrap-up, effectively, Mallory going, you know, you're such a strong, amazing woman, no matter what any of them says, even the hot doctor, you deserve more than that. Um, You know, the first guy who talked about bench pressing, how much could she bench press, and then said, I'm not a superhero, but I can bench press 500 pounds. Um, She instantly discounted him, was like, that guy is not for me. But he says, oh, she talked about herself too much. Therefore, I didn't want her. Um, And he has this opportunity to stand up in front of other people and tell them why he rejected She-Hulk. It's such an embarrassing, awful thing that she has to go through having somebody just be up there and not just say, oh, yes, I went onto the app and I went on a date with She-Hulk. That's all they had to say. But every single one of them gives a reason why they don't feel she's worth their time. You have the second guy who says, oh, she talked about herself in the third person. As a film director myself, I find that really difficult to deal with. She would never have gone on a date with this guy another time. That really creepy one, the one with the fetish who you thought was uh, a villain or we'd speculated was potentially connected with uh, with the villain side of this show. He with believes the wrecking crew. The wrecking yeah. crew, yeah. Uh, he believes he's the type of person that people can open up to and he feels he's open for another date, you know, with uh, with She-Hulk. But he was really creepy with her. He was the guy that was fetishizing, you yeah. know, what kind of uh, abilities she has. Uh, and then again, as you say, the, the doctor, the hot doctor that she was with, Point blank says, I was into She-Hulk, we had a real connection, but Jen just wasn't my type, and that's totally connected to looks. Jen is the same person inside, whether she's She-Hulk or whether she's Jen, and he instantly discounts her. Exactly. Um, Interestingly, though, as well, with that third one, Todd, um, you know, slightly different here is as well in that he is a client of Miss Book. Mm -hmm. Um, And so Jen actually meets him again in... 
the the office of GLKNH. Yeah. It's what gives the spark to it. Now, maybe that's all that it is. But yeah. again, when that happened, I was like thinking, oh, maybe my theory is right. But I'm not. <laughs> I'm a little less sure about that now, yeah, yeah. Uh, to be honest. He does but, say he's massively rich. He's one of the biggest clients of yeah. GLKNH. Yeah. So um, you just never know, mm. um, given... Uh, some of the things that come out in epi- in the next episode, yeah. uh, episode six, just wondering whether it could still be him. It's just that, you know, that is a, a little bit of a slight standout compared to the other three dates, right. is he is also a client at the same place that Jen works. But so. I think that's, I, again, I, I wonder if that's also just a commentary on the fact that she has to put up with seeing these people again. Um, particularly someone like Todd who thinks he has a chance with her. You yeah, know, maybe. he's there going, yeah. Oh, I'll buy all the drinks because you know how rich I am. I'm yeah. one of the biggest clients here. Almost as if he should be offered a date with She-Hulk again for being a big client of this organization. I am it's open awful. to yeah. anything at the moment yeah. in this show, um, including my own theory. Of course, yes, I'm open to your theory as well. I hope it's true. I'd love to see uh, that connection with uh, with Todd in the future. But this reveal, these moments where these these guys are allowed to tell everybody why they don't want to date She-Hulk or Jen in the case of, uh, of Hot Doctor, um, is what wins her the case. So she does go through the embarrassment and the awkwardness of having to have all this laid out in front of everybody. You know, she's on a dating app and all of her entire history has just been revealed to all of the public and it's a, is now a matter of public record. Uh, pretty crappy. Um, but this allows, this, this wins her the case. And as you say, she has that moment with Mallory, uh, where they're able to, have a bit of a friendship moment, even though when Jen says that, uh, that's the uh, the cue for Mallory Book to knock back her drink and go right. That's it. I'm off home. So, uh, so that's that's the a storyline. Let's say uh, wrapped up. But you did mention our final case note, case note number three, the um, background story really of uh, Luke, the fashion designer. Um, yes, to the superheroes. So we have uh, we have Nikki and pug going off on their other mission yes um pug has got a fetish um so to speak or he is a collector, <laughs> a collector of yes. of runners um as he says one to rock one to stock love it um buying superhero based clothing uh-huh. um again i just love the comedy of this certainly nicky and pug feeding off one another they where well they're in front you know the, the sort of the russian doll of different front uh, businesses that they need to get to before they get to Luke, whether <laughs> in the boba coffee shop, uh-huh. and in the end, it's like almost uh, a knockoff uh, Avengers uh, sort of merchandise Avengers where, where you've got Avengers and Avengers <laughs> uh-huh. t-shirts, you've got the plastic shield, the plastic Molnar or meow meow, yeah. um, and I love yeah. just um, I love Pug being dressed with the with Molnar and. Um, Captain America's shield again, mm-hmm. maybe reference to Endgame, given maybe. that we did have Captain America <laughs> use uh, and pick. He is might he is worthy, I should say, of the mighty Molnir, and mm-hmm. um, so kind of like that. And, yeah. and I just loved all that kind of Russian dullness to get to um, ultimately Luke yeah. here, absolutely, um, and look, the fashion design. Yeah, and look closely at the bootleg stuff uh, as well. There is there is uh, Avengers and Avengers, and also each one of the members of the Avengers are named incorrectly. We have of Thur instead of Thor, for example. <laughs> yeah. And they're all coloured incorrectly as well. There's a great poster that Marvel put out uh, after this episode aired, which has uh, everybody in it looking uh, looking completely different. I think even Hawkeye is given his comic book name of Hawk Guy uh, instead <laughs> of Hawkeye, which I, I liked a lot. Uh, but yeah, I like, like the the uh, the joke of that, of having these bootleg versions of the Avengers. And now 
Marvel uh, Studios or Disney might now have the rights to the bootleg versions of their stuff now. They may be able to get those back in uh, back in house. How about that? <laughs> Good stuff. Uh, yes. So we meet Luke, the fashion designer to the stars, or at least to superheroes, who makes the superhero outfits for um, a high level list of uh, of clientele. And in fact, the only way they're able to get in to meet him is by telling him that She Hulk is already an Avenger. Yes. Or possibly an Avenger. Yes, and is a blood relative of the Hulk exactly. as well. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think Luke is ultimately uh, pulled pulled around or turned around to actually doing something for um, Jen Walters because of the challenge of having something that will fit Jen Walters. Mm-hmm. And then when she is She-Hulk, um, so lots of stretchy fabric. Absolutely. I have to say the, uh, the way that they filmed the scene where she shrank from she-Hulk into Jen in her massive She-Hulk suit just made Tatiana Maslany look about 12. Like she looked, <laughs> she was about four foot inside a massive suit on top of it. Really, really good uh, placement of the camera so that it made, it made her look even tinier than she actually is. Yeah. Uh, but a really, a really good challenge there. Um, what do you think of Luke as the uh, as the designer here? Um, I think it's called out by uh, by Jen. Why does he have to be so rude and Nikki going? But if you're in the fashion industry, that's just cool. Like everybody has to be. That's how you get through it. What did you think of Luke, this character? Yeah, no, I liked him. I thought oh. he was good. Um, I think you know, just uh, another bit of flavor to you know the show. Kind of reminded me a little bit of Edna Mode, the designer from Incredibles. Yeah, no, I, I can <laughs> see that. You know, he's, he's kind of outrageous, uh-huh. larger than life. Um, certainly likes bossing around Tinsley, his <laughs> his uh, his apprentice. Mm. You know, um, for sure. And I, I guess ultimately, uh, you know, given what we see towards the end. Mm. then he is probably um, the West Coast Melvin Potter. Well, yes. Let's talk about that in one second, just quickly uh, to mention that he finally does take uh, the the job for uh, for Jen. Yes. Uh, creates a bunch of business suits, but also something that we don't see, which is... Something special. Uh, something special uh, for a special occasion. And Pop- Jen seems quite delighted about it. Uh, She-Hulk does. Although, um, says, I don't ever think I'm going to use this, because he asked what type of superhero she was, and she said she was a lawyer. All she wanted were lawyer suits, but he's created something very special for her. So will we be seeing the actual She-Hulk costume from the comic books? I wonder. Yeah. I'm sure we will. Yeah. I don't think you can... You know, it's got to be something special. Now, what that special is, is Uh something entirely uh, that hopefully we'll get to see. But uh, yes, that's too much of a sort of chuck it out there uh, not to show it. So I'm sure we'll see it at some point. So speaking of something special, you said West Coast Melvin Potter, which may not make sense to anybody who hasn't seen Daredevil. But as we did cover Daredevil as our first show on the Defenders TV podcast, uh, Melvin Potter was quite a significant character in there. Um, The special moment at the end where we see a yellow version of Daredevil's helmet in a box designed by Luke on the West Coast. Um, Obviously, client confidentiality had been um, absolutely ignored there by Tinsley Mm -hmm. as as Luke shouts to him. But yeah, I mean, just, you know, it's it's a nice little uh, pickup there, a nice way to reveal Daredevil's imminent um, sort of injection into this series. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I, I just thought that was nice. It looked... I don't know whether I'm a yellow Daredevil type person. Mm-hmm. I, I'm yet to wait for the full reveal of that, but certainly yeah. um, it looked really cool with the horns and just, just sticking out the... Uh, uh, 
atop of the the hat box effectively so yeah. um yeah it was a, it was a nice little sort of easter egg um for for what's to come yeah uh, that we know absolutely and melvin potter was the one that designed that costume for him back in yes. new york but of course if we are going to see matt murdoch in la which we will uh he may need somebody else to make other costumes for him so uh so we may not have lost melvin potter melvin potter just may be still back in uh, in new york right <laughs> Let's hope, because he was tailored to Kingpin as well. He was, yes. That might be why Matt Murdock has ultimately moved on from Melvin Potter, because of the other side of his business, possibly. So it might be something in there, who knows? I think that's it for the episode. I think that's everything uh, that happened in the episode overall. So, John, do you defend She-Hulk episode 5? Mean Green and Strick poured into these jeans. Yeah, I do. Um, I'd give it three and a half titaniacs out of five nice. the name for titania's followers yeah no i liked it it was again really snippy uh really good fun um i liked how they married the comedy and the tragedy in the courtroom with the counter sue and, and all the the uh dubious or questionable uh former dates of mm-hmm. jen uh, i i liked uh nikki and pug's sort of comedy journey to finding luke i love the little reveal of the daredevil helmet um and yeah i just this this was a nice little episode for me so yeah i defend this with three and a half titaniacs out of five derek what about yourself yeah i defend this one i do think it would have been nicer to get a, an introduction to mallory book earlier on in the seasons to kind of set up this arc that we get in this episode of them forming some kind of friendship between jen and uh and mallory but other than that it was a bit of fun. I kind of like the idea of having uh, this person, t- Titania, coming in who's super powered, but actually her big plan is to take Jen to court um, and, and sue her. I think that's uh, that's yeah. a bit of fun. And yeah, Nikki and, and Pug work very well together. I thought that was great fun, uh, seeing them outside of the office going on their mission uh, as well. Good stuff. Yeah, uh, looking forward to some more of Jen. It's a, it's a good fun half hour uh, of these shows. Yeah, absolutely. Let us get on, fellow defenders and fellow quizzers, to mm-hmm. our bar exam. Uh, our question five uh, from this episode is, name three of Titania's She-Hulk beauty products. Uh, they are, dare I say, stippled throughout the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so just to repeat the question, name three of Titania's She-Hulk beauty products. You can send in your answers to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com where you will be in line for some She-Hulk goodies. Yep, that's question five of, uh, of nine, uh, along with the nine episodes of the show. So uh, put them together with all the other answers and send them into us at feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com. This episode of TV Podcast Industries is brought to you by our supporters over on Patreon, including Jessica Batras. Thanks so much, Jessica, for your support. Yeah, great stuff, Jessica. Thanks very much for your support. Uh, as always, really appreciated. Mm-hmm. Um, like Jessica, you can also support us monthly for any amount over on patreon.com forward slash TV Podcast Industries. Or if you'd like to support us with a one-off donation, you can pop on over to buymeacoffee.com forward slash TVPI uh, to help with the running of the podcast. But as we always say, you can support us in so many other ways by subscribing to the podcast and sharing it with your friends because sharing the podcast is, of course, Derek. It's sharing the love. Exactly. Of course. And the other side of this is your thoughts, theories, 
spots, comments, discussion points, you mm. name it, on all the shows we cover. We also love to hear your feedback uh, that we can share on the podcast and discuss all around your own thoughts. So all those ways of supporting us is really appreciated from myself, Derek, and Chris here on TV Podcast Industries. Absolutely. Let's start off our feedback section with some thoughts from Matt Murdock about the theme. I always love hearing Matt's thoughts about the music Absolutely. of the shows. Here's Matt. Hello to my favorite podcasters across the pond. Matt here. I promised you a breakdown of the She-Hulk theme Sorry, I'm just getting around to it. By the way, hope that everybody enjoyed their holiday or will enjoy their holiday. I'm not exactly sure when you're recording this episode. First, I want to talk timbres, the instruments that are used. I really love the mix of the electronic and the orchestral, although I'm not certain at all any of it was produced acoustically, but it doesn't matter. It sounds orchestral. Gives everything the kind of energy that this kind of series needs because it's not just a superhero series. It's also a comedy. And that lends itself to the melody as well. But first, I want to talk about what I call the mission motive, which is the little line that runs underneath. It sounds like this. Now, I'm not certain if it was intentional or not, but what that particular rhythm does for me, it gives everything an urgency not unlike the way a similar motif was used underneath the Avengers theme. I'm talking about this. Again, whether there were intended parallels or not, I can't be certain. However, almost all themes that surround some kind of mission, whatever you perceive Jennifer's mission to be, typically has some kind of staccato, quick feel to it. It helps add excitement. Now, let's look at during the intro how the main theme is kind of introduced and we get the melody like this. Now, that sounds a little ominous, probably because there's a flat five in there. But I don't think that that was the intention of Amy Doherty in this. I actually believe that she was going for a different approach for the flat five which hopefully you get out of this as well. The use of chromaticism sometimes is introduced in order to create a feeling of unstableness, but not necessarily in a bad way. There's a great example of chromaticism being used that applies a sense of fun or kind of a tipping, rollicking kind of ride, which I think is what Amy Doherty was going for here. But I want you to think back to this piece from 1897, by Julius Fuchik. Just as a quick note, that piece was originally written to be a march for soldiers, but after it got adopted by so many circuses, we tend to think of it more like with clowns and with fun. And I think that that's the kind of chromaticism that Amy was going for, i.e. to create a sense of fun or to create a sense of instability simply because we know that Jennifer is still trying to figure out how to be the She-Hulk and a lawyer at the same time. Also note that this melody tends to do what I call crossing the bar, meaning that the notes don't always line up directly with beats. They end up in a place that lines up with the beat, but they don't always start and they don't always last as long as with beats itself. Now you can call that syncopation, which is much more present in the main statement of the theme than it is in this intro. 
but its purpose is to create excitement. And that's what happens as the chords climb and build in the second part. There's a couple of strange chords in there, but note that she's highlighting again that flat fifth, that sense of not quite getting there with that last chord. Then as we move into the main statement of the theme, the melodic shape changes a little bit. It becomes more stable and more powerful thanks to the way that the chords are organized underneath it. That's your real superhero theme there. Note that the lowest notes, the baseline notes, are climbing. The mission is rising. The sense of purpose is rising. So all in all, I feel like it was a really great job done by Amy Doherty to make something that was fun and yet purposeful for the She-Hulk series. Loving the podcast. Take care. Fantastic stuff, Matt. That's really great insight in the music uh, for She-Hulk. Yeah, really epic stuff there, Matt, mm-hmm. with uh, your your breakdown of the theme, uh, really sort of linking it all together. Uh, so, yeah, great stuff. Always nice to get your musical thoughts on the themes and, and connected with, like in this case, with the sense of comedy and the sense of action mm-hmm. and the linking to the wider MCU. Uh, that was really, really good. Uh, great stuff. And I uh, hope uh, we keep getting those musical insights, Matt. Yep, absolutely. Thanks, Matt. And we had a great, we did have a great holiday. Yes, we yes, did. Thank you. Yeah, thanks again, Matt. Um, we also got an email in from Coffee and Vodka who says, Greetings, fellow roughly rendered defenders. Hope your time off is going well. This episode seemed to be a bit rushed to the press with the CG at almost uncanny valley level and no mid-credit scene. Titania's bid to supplant Jen by legally sealing her name and make a tidy profit in the process was lost a bit too early, but it's a half-hour comedy, so it is what it is. Mm. She-Hulk's new wardrobe should be quite a thing, looking forward to its debut next week. But it was the final scene which caused me to identify with Derek. Seeing Daredevil's helm in that upscale fashion factory was like seeing Melvin Potter's headstone. Mm. This potentially puts Daredevil's Netflix run in the same place that the ending of Hawkeye put Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Serious ouch. Three shiny shoes, retained names, and potential gut punches out of five. Peace and take care, coffee and vodka. Thanks so much, coffee and vodka. Yes, the time off went very well. Thank you. Uh, we are now back in Septembery uh, Island. Uh-huh. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I think um, as a half-hour comedy, you know, it, it's uh, it's quite staccato with how it covers things here and i think probably that's what it needs to be but i think it's interesting that you know we do there are these linkages to previous episodes Mm -hmm. it isn't just these one-offs and and uh, i think for sure we'll get to see she hulk's new wardrobe in future episodes as well in terms of melvin potter's headstone 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm guessing it is in some way that, but I guess he can still live and operate on the the East Coast of America. Yeah, yeah. I know there was an interview with um, Charlie Cox uh, after the D23 event where he came on stage and they talked a little bit about the upcoming Daredevil show and he kind of did intimate that they wouldn't be really connecting in the Daredevil over 18 shows from Netflix yeah. that are on Disney Plus or Hulu. Um, they weren't really going to be connecting those in with the Disney version of Daredevil. And you don't really have to. Those stories are self-contained. All you have to refer to is there's a history with Daredevil and Kingpin and um, he's been Daredevil for a while. Maybe he hung up the helmet for a while, you know. Um, but I don't think we're going to see direct ties into those three seasons of the show. I think Feige's been really clear about that from the start, that he didn't want to push people, push kids to go and have to watch those shows and then come back and watch the Disney Plus shows. So I don't think we're going to be getting much tie into them. Uh, but we could, as we say, we could uh, align it by saying that Melvin Potter was working for him in New York. He's the one that originally designed the costume and maybe Matt brought those designs with him to Luke to get him to design the new version of the costume for LA. Maybe that's it. Sounds, sounds plausible, yes. I think. Yes, just as plausible as my explanation that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is still in the MCU. It still hasn't <laughs> been written out of the MCU. <laughs> there you go. Thanks, Coffee and Vodka. Uh, also, our wonderful fellow defender, Chloe, uh, been, been a bit busy for a while, but she sent in some general thoughts on She-Hulk and on the Marvel shows to date. She says, hello, it's been a long time since I've written. I got busy working on my comics and online school. I've been watching the Marvel shows. After Loki, it became less interesting to me, except Miss Marvel. That was a bit better. Now I'm watching She-Hulk and I can't really get into it so far. And there aren't really any good endings to make theories because it doesn't seem like anything is happening. Hopefully it gets more interesting soon. It might have an episode four, but I'm writing this before episode four. Otherwise, I'll probably forget to write an email again. I just thought because it's been a long time, I might as well email you guys. Hope future Marvel shows have good episodes with theories to make. From Chloe, age 13 years old. Thanks so much, Chloe. It's really good to hear from you. Um, I hope the show starts to hit with you, but I know She-Hulk uh, is one of those shows that that isn't hitting with everybody. It's it's a half-an-hour comedy, which is something that we haven't really seen from Marvel. Uh, remember how serious WandaVision was getting after the sixth episode. Those episodes, uh, while they started as references to old comedies, uh, eventually became really, really serious, whereas um, it seems like She-Hulk is taking the straight sitcom route for its nine episodes of the show. Yeah, I mean... I think uh, it's definitely a different show, uh, Chloe. Uh, but really glad that you enjoyed uh, Ms. Marvel mm, yeah. um, as well, uh, a bit better. And I, I think, yeah, again, I think that variation in these Marvel TV shows are, are probably quite different uh, between from WandaVision to Loki mm -hmm. to Moon Knight to what we see in Miss Marvel, yeah. to what we see in She-Hulk, compared to Hawkeye, and and so on. I still think there's um, possibilities for theories. As I say, I have one with Todd. Uh, whether that will play out, I don't know. But again, it's not really one connecting it back to um, the 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 wider Marvel comic mm -hmm. world or the MCU. I mean, I think that was the great thing about WandaVision. I know it's been a little bit kind of riffed on now about uh, Mephisto. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it was just kind of in that moment, I was all in, you know, chips all in, <laughs> cards ready to be played to get the winnings that there would be uh, Mephisto there. And, of course, you know, that's the wonderful things about theories. You test them, see whether they work. Yeah. And if they're not, well, you go, okay, didn't work out in this case, but exactly. uh, here's this other one, which I wasn't expecting. So <laughs> we'll see how it goes on now with with She-Hulk, because there is a darker element here 
that has only really been touched upon, and that was the um, the attempt to try and get a sample of She-Hulk's blood mm-hmm. in in the alleyway as she was coming back from work. But you know that's still all a little bit kind of um, light mm-hmm. at the moment as yep. to where that is. And um, so you know, again, theory for me is it could still be Emil uh, Blonsky. Um, maybe, possibly, maybe that is all a very good ruse that he's doing in mm. order to get himself out. Who knows? Um, but again, as I say, uh, great that you're still watching them uh, and still listening to the podcast and great to get your thoughts in. So thanks so much, Chloe. Absolutely. Great to hear from you, Chloe. Uh, over on Facebook, Ronaldo comes first. He says, my gosh, I'm loving this show. <laughs> also, Victor Von Toon says, greetings, defenders. I will say Titania just played herself a super powered Kardashian. Ugh. I enjoyed the performance of Tony Award winner Rennie Elise Goldsbury as Mallory Book. She won for her role in Hamilton. Uh, I I also really like Pug. He and Nikki are make really good fun together. Did Pug not have a thing for Jen in the comics? Now we need to know why Daredevil is coming to LA. He and Jen share the same tailor, interestingly. I just read somewhere Jen's date Todd may just be the younger sibling of the leader who is also interested in gamma research. I have a feeling the comedy so far in this series may take a backseat to the obvious oncoming action. I think along with Daredevil, some other soups may be coming in the future as well. Bruce better finish his business in space quickly or he'll miss out. We're in for a bit of a treat. Excelsior, Victor Von Doom. Good stuff, Victor. Uh, thanks so much for your thoughts. Uh, glad to see that maybe Todd is coming into the picture a bit more <laughs> with what you've heard. Um, let's just see, shall we? Yeah. Um, and uh, I forgot actually that... Um, Rennie Elise uh, Goldsbury um, was in Hamilton, mm. actually. But now, now you say it, I I completely remember. I was wondering where she was from. Um, yeah. So excellent stuff. Uh, again, thanks, Victor, uh, and thanks, uh, Ronaldo, as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brandy Elise Anderson says this trial was Jen's version of what happened to Dennis in episode three. To win, you had to be embarrassed. But don't get me wrong, Jen had a much better chance of pulling those guys than Dennis ever had to pull a Megan the Stallion. Uh, very true. Yes, very, very true. Absolutely, but also uh, big, th- big difference is Dennis wasn't embarrassed. Uh, <laughs> Dennis still felt he was able to. And that is true. The the, the whole tra- track that uh, that Pug took um, was he brought Jen in to explain how the world sees a person like Dennis, but he still thought he could pull Megan the Stallion after the case. Whereas Jen uh, realized that she just exposed the worst of her worst side of the things that go on in your life, all of her private stuff uh, to the world. So yes. uh, yeah, no embarrassment from Dennis. <laughs> yeah. Thanks Brandy. Uh, Dr. Bob Phillips says for the first time, I felt a bit let down by this one. And that's not to say I didn't enjoy it. Maybe a bit quick on the dates to the embarrassing rescue payoff. Maybe a bit too hard on the dowdy suits angle after we'd seen Hulk booty twerking. (laughs) Maybe just not quite enough bite in the comedy. And it did feel a bit like it was setting up actual storyline rather than sitcom fluff. Three out of five gloating green lip glosses this week. Uh, Thanks, uh, Dr. Bob. I'm totally there with you on, on, on that. I think, you know, I gave it three and a half. I think, um, some of the elements just wasn't, didn't necessarily, um, sort of connect immediately. Although I did like the dates to embarrassing rescue payoff. Uh, I did enjoy that. I didn't necessarily think that was too quick, but I, as you say, you were suddenly thrown in that there was Luke the tailor and all of a sudden 
all her suits were dowdy, even though I was, yeah, she was twerking in them. Um, and, uh, Megan the Stallion certainly didn't seem to be passing comment over them previously. <laughs> and she's a lawyer. I mean, I guess gray yeah. power suits is the thing to do. Do you know what's um, funny? I have actually heard uh, some of the podcasts that we're covering it. Some of my friends over in, on podcast are covering it. I have heard them comment on, uh, Jen's suit and, some other people comment on maybe it's the CGI that's left, that's making the suit look really awful. I wish I wish they get different suits for her. And interestingly, you see how it plays out here. You know, these shows were taught up Britain, uh, created years ago, and they knew p- some people would see the suits and think, oh, I wish you'd get something cooler or something nicer or something better to wear. And now they're addressing it as actual plot line for the show. I thought that, thought that I always think that's quite interesting uh, when that happens in these kind of shows. Good stuff. Thanks, Dr. Bob. Yeah, thanks, Dr. Bob. Um, Michael Booth says, hey, look, that Super Obsessed date did come back, just not as you guessed. (laughs) Finally, we get to see Titania and what a treat it was. Can barely recognize Jamila Jamil under there, especially with that accent. I can't wait to see Jen's new business suit. Not to mention the suit of a certain lawyery colleague. Mm. Indeed, yeah, it was great to get that daredevil head there as well. Um, thanks so much, Michael. Thanks, Michael. Uh, Will Madrick says, CGI aside, I'm genuinely loving this show, but how good would it be if we didn't know Matt Murdock was going to be in the show before we saw The Mask? Exactly. That would have been really cool. And I wonder, I know there was a comment made earlier on about the fact that there's no uh, end credits tag in this episode. The end credits tags for the previous episodes have all been comedy moments. Um, And interestingly, this episode ended with the reveal of the Daredevil helmet. So I wonder, is that the reason why they didn't put a tag on the end? Because you get a big reveal for an upcoming moment in the series this time. And possibly, as mentioned by Victor earlier, you know, the feeling that possibly there's going to be an increase in the coming action and threat Maybe. here that will either make the comedy darker or possibly minimize it slightly. Who knows? Maybe, maybe. Thanks, Will. Joe Herber says, the whole episode was about clothes and they didn't even reveal hers at the end. My wife and I like the actors in this show and there are some good bits, but it's not funny enough given it's primarily a comedy. It's also got some social commentary, but that's not particularly done well. Jamelia Jamil's accent was distracting, at least for those of us who know her from The Good Place. It did make me appreciate last week's episode more, though. (laughs) thanks joe yeah thanks joe uh salim akisla says this one seemed a bit like a filler episode and i'm left missing melvin potter wonder if he'll ever make it back i think that is the question for the ages mm-hmm. uh salim and yeah i i think um i, I know when i first watched this episode was we're on a uh, holiday got a quick glimpse and it, it didn't feel particularly um Certainly not like the previous one, episode four. I think it definitely felt more like a transitional uh, kind of episode. Mm-hmm. I'd preferred it on second watching, for sure. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I can see why people uh, are, are are saying that. So, uh, But thanks so much, Salim, yeah. uh, for, kinda, for the comment. I kind of like the way that it connected with other episodes from earlier on in the season. So it so it is around the midpoint now in episode five. So uh, before we go into the last four episodes, so it's, it is the midpoint. So it's kind of tying up what happened earlier on in the season. I kind of like that as a choice. Uh, I wonder if we'll just see 
Uh, you know, it's it's a fifteen episode series. Think of of Daredevil. They've announced fifteen or sixteen episodes uh, coming up. So uh, I wonder will we see Stiltman come in and Melvin Potter's inside the suit he's created, which was something that we speculated about all the way through the Daredevil <laughs> season. That's how we get Melvin Potter back. He just comes in as Stiltman and fights against Luke uh, to take it because he's taken his client from him. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> what <do you> think? Yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. Thanks, Salim. John Daniel says, I really enjoyed this episode and even commented on my wife immediately following no action and no post credit. Kind of cool. At least we got to see an artistic rendering of Holloway checking out his booty after trying the smoothie during the credits. It was just such fun to watch the Nicky and Pug duo out of the superhero underground. This is what makes sitcoms work outside of the MCU and works here. The Edna mode from The Incredibles comparisons to Luke Jacobson were warranted and accurate. He was hilarious and I can't wait to see the new clothes. I didn't know that I too wanted Jen's attorney book to be my friend. My heart broke for Jen during the testimony of the, of the final somewhat successful date. And I think Book saw the courage it took to be laid bare like that. I didn't expect Titania to flail as much as she does, but I'm happy to see her being called out as a poser she she is already. Jennifer Walters' insecurity butting up against her essentially indestructible alter ego is what's making this series breathe for me. I'm sure there's plenty of action to come. The episode was not nearly as rough as online reviewers would have one believe. After that, John, yeah, I'd, I'd agree with you. I haven't actually seen uh, many online reviews because literally we've been away so we only got to see the episode and then uh we've come back watched a second time and we're recording now so i haven't seen that many reviews of uh, of this particular episode but i can see why it may not hit as much uh, at this stage in the series i think um if you haven't gotten into the groove of this being a sitcom and this being a show about about lawyers that's funny um you may be still expecting a massive big bad to burst through the wall exactly and i think john as you say you know that the the Nicky and Pug duo was really good fun uh, to watch, and you know, with with all of this, there, there was that moment, as you've mentioned, uh, with the the testimony of all the um, the former dates there, and Jen, and having that wrap up between Jen and Book mm-hmm. uh, at the end uh, in the pub. I think I think you called it out absolutely right that you know book ultimately saw the courage it took to be um sort of laid bare in public um you know in that way absolutely absolutely thanks so much john and thanks everybody else for your feedback uh, for this episode so far we got lots more feedback uh, when we discuss she hulk episode six in our next episode thanks so much for joining us make sure you stay subscribed to tv podcast industries at tv or just look for tv podcast industries on any good or villainous podcast catcher We'll speak to you again next time. Yeah, thanks so much, fellow defenders, for joining us. Uh, as always, a pleasure talking about all things lawyery. Mm. Uh, but remember, in the meantime, keep watching, keep listening, and keep defending. Bye. Bye.